Hey, everyone. ESG Energize is sponsored by our friends at mCloud. Their solutions help companies maximize production, automate operations, and optimize predictive maintenance. And on the heels of the Inflation Reduction Act, their emissions management solution is so incredibly relevant. So I would encourage you all to go check them out, mcloud.corp, to learn more. Welcome to ESG Energized, where we discuss the latest developments in the environmental, social, and governance arena that are impacting the energy industry today. Here are your hosts, Delfina Govia. My name is Delfina Govia, and many of you know me as a partner at Veritas Total Solutions, an innovative management consulting firm where I lead the ESG practice alongside my ETRM colleagues. We start this episode with a little bit of fun history on the multi-billion dollar South Korean corporation LG with its well-known tagline, Life's Good. But LG is actually an abbreviation for Lucky Gold Star. The company was founded in 1947 as Lucky Chemical and manufactured hygiene products and was mainly known for its toothpaste. The company expanded into plastics in 1959 and formed Gold Star Company and produced South Korea's first radio, and then subsequently expanded into other consumer electronics. Eventually, Lucky Chemical and Gold Star merged. And so to close off the loop on life's good, where did that come from? It was actually a tagline from their Australian division that they used for a local marketing campaign. And today, from toothpaste to consumer electronics to the topic of ESS, I'm talking to Ruben Wilmarth, a senior sales engineer with LG ESS. Well, Ruben Wilmarth, thank you so very much for being with me here today. My pleasure. Awesome. Ruben, LG ESS, LG. That's my refrigerator. Yes, yes it is. Uh, LG, uh, LG Electronics, uh, we make a whole variety of things. So obviously, you know, the, the consumer appliances, the refrigerator, the freezers, uh, washers and dryers, air conditioning, uh, but we also make uh, power equipment too. And uh, that's the division I'm in, the ESS division. Uh, it all started with just a radio back in the day, and now it's many, many different electronic devices. So ESS, for those of us that are not uh, good with acronyms, could you explain what is ESS? Yes, yes. So ESS stands for Energy Storage System. So it's, it's not just a battery, but it's, it's the, the battery and the system that goes with it. So it's everything that allows it to, to charge the battery, discharge the battery, control it, and uh, the, the user interface to it as well. So this is a very interesting, innovative way, in my opinion, listening to ESS and LG starting with, you know, just a radio for, for your company to come into this next era, this next age of being a conscientious organization uh, in, on the planet. And yes. it's from a branding perspective, uh, how important do you think this is for, for LG? I think it's extremely important. You know, they have uh, very long-term uh, ESG goals. 
uh, uh, moving towards decarbonization and and the next the next era of of energy usage in general. Right? You know, we we have a vested interest in keeping the the electricity grid uh, functioning well. <laughs> you could say, right? You know, we want you to be able to use that washer and dryer. So. Um, but that, that is where the market is going, right? The, the grid is changing. Uh, it started as a very simple thing, uh, generator, transformer, uh, transmission wire, and, and uh, light bulb. So, but it has evolved much beyond that. And, and one of the things that could never be done before effectively was storing energy, storing electricity as, as AC. You know, it, it, it has to be produced at the same time that it's used. And so uh, this is uh, a first major foray other than, you know, a giant pumped hydro, you know, lake somewhere. Uh, this is a, a way to store energy uh, for, you know, either the average consumer all the way up to a grid scale, but you can put it anywhere you need it. It's not, it's not dependent on a lake somewhere. So if I'm hearing you correctly, there mm-hmm. are several different types of applications yes. for energy storage systems. Am yes, I correct? That is correct. Yes, we have uh, uh, four major types of applications. Uh, if you look at the, the big grid scale, uh, one of the big ones is, is frequency regulation, uh, basically making sure that the grid stays stable. And so we can uh, put power quickly into the grid or take it out of the grid at a very, very short notice, you know, in milliseconds, essentially, as opposed to uh, five or tens of minutes uh, with traditional mechanical equipment. So it, it adds a level of stability to the grid that, that really no other kind of hardware can because it's electronic and it responds in milliseconds. So if we are in a situation where we need a lot of power because mm-hmm. of the winter months right, or right. the summer months and we have a failure mm-hmm. at a utility right, and we, na- we need that power. Right. You, you need it. You need it instantly. And, and so the only way to make that up in the past was to have another generator running at part low. That's called spinning reserve. And now we can have a energy storage system, a big, big battery that can turn on in a fraction of a second and put that power onto the grid. And that can be right next to the power plant. That can be all the way across town. That could be even a hundred different houses all responding as one, as a virtual power plant. So it could be any one or any one thing or any combination of those. So there's a a, a level of flexibility that's not possible before, but now is because both of the, the ability to store the energy efficiently and effectively, as well as the controls that can tie it all together and make a a hundred or a thousand small power plants act as one large power plant. Well, let's take that one step further mm-hmm. for contribution to the environment. Yeah. Let me rewind to a few sentences ago when you said spinning reserves. Mm-hmm. So take one second to explain spinning reserves to my audience. And I'm thinking that by not having to have the spinning reserves, mm-hmm. we are also saving energy. Energy, yes, absolutely. Uh, excellent example. Uh, so when I was still in college, I got the tour of power plant just east of here, uh, in uh, just east of Ontario, and uh, it was a winter day. It was uh, r- 
you know, not raining, but it was a very, very low load. And they were bringing lots of power into the state from the hydroelectric dams up in Washington, Oregon. So they didn't need generation down here, but they had to be ready to put power onto the grid at the moment's notice. Only way to do that with those power plants, because they took eight hours to come online, was to have them literally running at minimum power. So you had a 300 megawatt power plant sitting there putting out 10 megawatts. It, and it was basically just barely running, but it was ready to come on and go up to full power in, in the space of a few minutes. Um, but that plant was using about 10 times as much energy per kilowatt hour as it normally would at full power. So it was just wasting gobs and gobs of energy because it had to be ready to go and there was no other way, no other way at the time to bring on that much power in that much time. So now we can have a plant, uh, a plant that is uh, maybe 15 minutes response time uh, or five minutes response time. You know, I helped build some of those power plants uh, uh, back in the year 2000 and such. Uh, and, but if you need something in an instant, we can bring 200 megawatts on in an instant, in, in less than a second. So that's all possible now with an energy storage system. So that's what ESS does at the grid level. That would be, we, we call that in front of the meter. So we're ser servicing the, the utilities. Uh, but we also have many applications for ESS behind the meter, uh, which is the, the end user. So that might be a residence, that might be a commercial business, uh, where they have uses for energy storage too. And one of the beauties of an ESS system is it's not a one-trick pony. It can do many different things. It can do one thing uh, or, or it can do all different things at, uh, essentially at one time. So we can have that uh, ESS system at a commercial business acting as the virtual power plant to, to back up the utility if a major plant goes offline. Um, but at the same time, that can also be acting to help the owner reduce their electric bills by charging this battery at off-peak times and then discharging it at on-peak. And so how are we charging the batteries? There's two ways to do it. You can, If you have just a battery by itself, that can just simply uh, charge up straight off of the grid. So AC power comes in and it stores that in the battery. And you would do that typically you know, in the mornings when there's a surplus of power on the grid. So air conditioning loads are low. There's lots of sun shining on solar panels in the state. And so we have surplus power available. That's when you would store it. And then in the late afternoons when it's getting hot, uh, sun's starting to set, that's when the demand for power is very high. And so that's when we release the power back onto the grid. And, but we do that at the, cons at the, the customer's facility. And so uh, if they have no solar, that's, they still are participating in solar installed in the state because that's going through the grid. But in addition to that, a customer can have solar panels on their own building and so they can also coordinate so that they're charging the battery when there is surplus solar from those panels. So whenever they're generating more than they use, you can store it right on site on the battery, in the battery. And so that now means that energy is stored right on site. And so it has additional functionality in that it's not, you're not losing that as it goes through multiple uh, uh, transforming uh, and, and transformer losses. So that gets used again, right on site. And then that leads into the, 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 the last functionality. So we have you know, grid frequency response. We have uh, um, uh, peak shaving, which is done by the, uh, 
uh, basically someone who doesn't have their own solar. Uh, they, they manage their load. Then you have uh, renewable smoothing, they call it. Basically, you're taking the, the, the surpluses and the valleys of, of solar generation and you're smoothing it out using the energy storage system. And the last one is emergency backup. So you can be doing these other things and still have emergency backup because you keep a, a portion of the battery's capacity in reserve. And so if something happens, the tree falls on a power line and, and your local area loses power, well, you still have some energy stored in that battery that immediately takes over. And if it's during the day when the, the solar panels are shining, you get to use that power as well in conjunction with the battery. The battery essentially acts as the grid source for those solar panels to, to sync to. And so it stores that energy, it powers your devices, it allows a business to stay open for a period of time, you know, keeps their cash registers running if it's a retail facility, right? Keeps the lights on and uh, in the lobby of the the hotel if um, uh, if that's what you, would you have. So uh, it allows um, elevators to go back down to the ground floor, things like that. That many some buildings do not have backup power, and so it allows you to do this cost effectively and without having to have a diesel standby as well. So this is very. Interesting. Do you by any chance have an example of a use case? Yes. Uh, yeah, wonderful. Yes, we have a Please couple. share. So uh, uh, one of my favorite stories is of, of the first one here in the United States. Uh, it was a hotel in Fort Worth, Texas. And the owner of this hotel was very forward thinking. And, uh, and uh, he saw the amount of space that was being allocated for the standby diesel generator, which is required for, for that type of facility. And, and he knew that you know, there's a lot of maintenance associated with these and he had to find a place to store the diesel fuel. And he, it was right next to the restaurant and he didn't want to have a big loud generator firing up and bothering the customers in the restaurant. So he thought, why can't we use a battery? And everybody looked at him like a deer in headlights when he asked the question, but he wanted to, to see if he could do this. So he starts asking around and uh, I happened to be uh, meeting with him for other reasons, uh, air conditioning, but um, he knew LG made batteries, and so he asked me, do you have batteries? I don't have them at the time, but uh, I can ask around. So we started a quest that took about a better part of a year, and we found the LG Energy Storage Systems Division, which was in Korea only at the time, but we, uh, we met with executives and, and we met with the, the, the sales team and determined it was a fit. So uh, he went through the process of uh, coordinating with the, the local utility or uh, the local utility and the local uh, uh, authorities, uh, in inspectors, and also with the, the hotel um, uh, management as well, uh, getting it thoroughly vetted and approved and uh, going through all the hoops that that requires, but we got the ESS installed in the first hotel in the United States, and it may be the first building that I know of where it was a uh, ESS was used in place of a diesel generator. Can you plug the name of his hotel, being I such can. an innovative yes. uh, person? I'm sure he won't mind. Uh, it's the <laughs> Sinclair Hotel in downtown Fort Worth. Sinclair Hotel, downtown Fort Worth. Yes, okay. yes. And it has many other things that are uh, absolutely cutting edge, including a DC microgrid 
for all of the lighting in the building. So it's it is a a it is both a classic building. Um, uh, 1920s uh, Art Deco architecture uh, mixed with some of the most cutting-edge uh, uh, lighting and energy technology in the world. So mm. Now uh, he owes um, you one. He owes you a couple of free <laughs> nights. Uh, he's a good guy, so I'm sure we'll be good. <laughs> well, you said that there was, another, there was another example that you had. Yes, yes. Uh, Could we it have... possibly be as innovative as that one? Uh, that is the most, right? Okay. That was that was the first one. Uh, we we also uh, are, are are involved with a hotel in um, in uh, Connecticut that had uh, an ESS system, and that one backs up not just the emergency loads, but also the main building itself. And so that one allows them to operate the building for a short amount of time if the power goes out. And they actually got to test that out, where uh, in the middle of a of an event, a breakfast event. Uh, the utility failed and was out for two and a half hours. And uh, this was an all-electric building. And they continued on as if nothing happened. Nobody in the building even knew what was going on. The facility next door was bringing in generators to keep their freezers going. And they just kept on going with their breakfast event, able to finish it. Two and a half hours later, utility came back on. It just took right back over. And uh, it was kept online with a mix of the ESS system and the solar panels that they had for the building. So happened about 7.30 in the morning, and it basically continued on as if nothing had happened. So it was, it was neat. You mentioned earlier Korea. Yes, so we're a South Korean-based company, and uh, we manufacture the ESS units there. Uh, we have a, an engineering team. We've installed many, many different uh, ESS systems throughout Korea. Uh, uh, one of which is a, uh, a solar and storage facility that uh, stabilizes the grid for what's called Anjua Island in uh, off the tip of South Korea there. And I think it's about, uh, I want to say it's 98 megawatts and about 340 megawatt hours of storage. Oh, you just hit on an, uh, a tough topic ah. for many people. Megawatts and megawatt Hours. Do you know how many people are confused <laughs> by that? I I'm run wondering. Into it a lot. Okay, so let's see how good you are at explaining it. If you can okay. get me to understand, okay. then you're you're a master. I'll, I'll, I'll do my best. So a megawatt or a kilowatt are basically is a unit of power, and so that is instantaneous real power. So if you have a 100-watt bulb, that's using 100 watts of power. If you have an electric heater that's a kilowatt, that's 1,000 watts of power. That's its real-time power consumption. So a kilowatt hour is a unit of storage. So if I run my one kilowatt uh, electric kettle for one hour, that's the amount of energy that a kilowatt hour is. And so when I'm talking about a megawatt hour, it's literally a megawatt's worth of energy uh, running continuously for one hour. Or I could have half a megawatt for two hours. That's one megawatt hour. I think that the challenge we face is we're l always hearing in the news mm -hmm. about wind farms and yes. solar farms. Mm -hmm. And... That's where people get confused when they talk about the size of these, either yes. in megawatts yes. and then megawatt hours. So. Right. So the, the, a wind farm or a solar farm is going to have a nameplate capacity. Say it's 1,000 megawatts, uh, but it's 
they may talk about you know how many homes it can serve. That's usually a function of the megawatt hours that it generates during the day. And so the, the a wind farm is going to have um, what they call a capacity factor, maybe of 30 to 40%. So it will have a, a nameplate capacity of 1,000 megawatts, but it won't produce 24,000 megawatts in a day. It'll be about one-third of that. So what is that? Eight, 800 megawatt hours. Uh, or sorry, 8,000 megawatt hours, right? So if you have 1,000 megawatts, it's production per day would be about 8,000 megawatt hours. And so that's the, the quantity of energy that it has produced over time. Fantastic. I'm awesome. sure there's many people out there going, ah, I finally mm-hmm. get it. <laughs> so let me rewind also to your explanation of these, what seems to me, as mm-hmm. complex systems. How, yeah. how does one go about controlling all of those systems when you said, you know, when you're talking about the utility grade installations mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the other options that you have. How do you go about controlling all of this? I imagine there's software oh, yes. involved. Oh, there's definitely software. <laughs> and, and the software is one of the things that makes all this possible now. So we, we talk about a, a power management system and uh, or an energy management system. They're both used interchangeably. And basically that system not only operates the, the, the individual components of an energy storage system, so it's monitoring the battery, it's monitoring the, the inverters and, and making sure that they're operating within parameters, but then it's also essentially dispatching the power. And so based on how you want to operate that, that ESS system, it's going to charge or discharge putting power onto or off of the grid or the, the customer's uh, uh, distribution system. And so you will often have a standalone system that basically reacts to a couple of key inputs. So it looks at the amount of power that a customer is using. Am I bringing in power from the grid? Or is my solar now generating more than what I'm using? And so based on that, I'll start charging the battery. And or am, is my customer now uh, using power from the grid and I have you know, more than the minimum amount allocated or stored, so I'm going to start discharging and offsetting that customer's usage. So that's one method. Another is I might coordinate that. So I would have a a central command at the utility, and basically they would have ability to dispatch a virtual power plant. And so they say, okay, we need uh, 200 megawatts uh, right now uh, so that we can bring on a big power plant in the next hour. But we need about 200 megawatts right now to cover the increased load because the sun just came out and we got a whole bunch of air conditioners came on. And so we need more power and we need it now. And that uh, grid operator can send out a command and say, give me 200 megawatts. And a combination of uh, energy storage systems throughout their service area can then start putting out power, basically discharging onto the grid and make up that that uh, request. So basically you can have it commanded by a, an, a grid operator at any time or you can have it be an automatic response based on a preset uh, conditions. So, Or both. Or both. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you a, a two-part question. Sure. Uh, prefaced by a very quick question. 
How long has LGESS been around? Oh boy, I didn't look that one up. I would say we got started right around 2012 to 2014. Okay. Uh, was when they made the initial investments. They built the, the testing labs and all that. And I think the first installations were about 2014, 2015. So yes, they have a very large testing lab. That's one of the things that allows Ooh. them to build a really high quality product is that now they can literally test it on the grid. They can simulate the grid. They can simulate solar. They have real solar they can feed in. And so they can test all the interactions of the equipment and vet it and prove it before they release it uh, uh, for sale. Fantastic. So that leads very nicely into the two-part question that I have for you. Sure. Is LG's vision for the future and strategy in the marketplace, seeing seeing where this is all going to go and unfold. And the second part of that question is more about you personally, mm-hmm. because earlier you mentioned that you were building power plants back in the day. Mm-hmm. That's quite mm-hmm. interesting. And you also mentioned that when you first spoke to the owner of the Sinclair Hotel, you were actually there talking about AC. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, how does Ruben <laughs> be where Ruben is today within LG's vision for the future? Uh, it's, it's a long story, but uh, uh, but if we don't I have make all it, day, Ruben. Uh, if I'll make a long story short. Um, well, basically, I, I went into engineering because I knew I had a bent for that. I was always interested in machines and how things worked. Uh, I was just fascinated by that sort of stuff. And so anything that used energy, especially so. So I knew I wanted to do something with energy. And so I found air conditioning when I was in college. Uh, it's the, one of the biggest users of energy. So I thought that was a good fit. And uh, I had the good fortune to go to work first as an intern and then hired full time with a, a little company called TMAD Engineers. And they uh, also did, in addition to HVAC, they did energy. And so they had done cogeneration designs, they had done energy analysis, and so I, they, they noticed this about me, and so they quickly put me as a, helping uh, the, the senior engineers doing a cogeneration expansion and an energy study for the LA County hospitals, and so uh, very quickly I got involved with that, and so Uh, A couple years later, that led to me being recruited by a company uh, called Stewart & Stevenson that had a power generation division. And so uh, I got involved with their turnkey power group. And so we started building uh, anything from standby power plants to uh, uh, landfill gas and digester gas uh, power plants. Uh, We did peaking power plants. So we did a whole variety. And so I ended up building a a couple of uh, a pair of uh, peaking power plants in the Central Valley in California as kind of like the pinnacle of my career there. Do you miss those days? I do, yes. It was wild and crazy, but it was fun. (laughs) (laughs) We flew by the seat of our pants often. (laughs) Love it. Love it. We built, I think, uh, two power plants in the space of about eight months, uh, from contract signed to to literally putting power on the grid. So it was a very, very fast pace. Wow. And so it sounds to me that you are you are driven by fast-paced and you are driven by the new and the exciting and the innovative. Is that mm-hmm. what yes. led yes. you to where you are today? I am drawn to the innovative, to the unusual, yes. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, the, the, the owner of the hotel, Mr. Aslam, he, uh, he saw that and so uh, we... 
we were two peas in a pod in that regard. So we, uh, we, we tackled that problem together. <laughs> Fantastic. And so this opportunity with LG ESS came up for you to was help lead the charge? Fit. Yes. So I was, I was uh, after I had worked for Stuart & Stevenson, I got back into air conditioning for about 15 years. And uh, uh, then I heard that you know, after having worked with Mr. Islam and, and getting, uh, getting him set up with his first uh, ESS, LG was still not selling anything in the United States. Uh, they had plans to, but uh, when they went to open it up, it was just a, a natural fit that I uh, transfer over to the ESS group. So I think I was employee number two in that group. <laughs> so and how many be, do we know how many employees we have today? I, I think we're up to about a dozen. Yes, wow. we're about a dozen and okay. we're rapidly growing. So we have uh, both our uh, uh, residential product, seven and a half kilowatt uh, uh, residential ESS system. I've seen it. I've seen them. Very slick. It's on display here at the show. Yeah, very you can't sleek, miss it. Very it's, slick. It yes. is a good looking unit, and very, very, uh, very well designed. I mean, it, it we designed it from the ground up internally. So this is uh, a culmination of LG's ESS knowledge, and I think they really got a, a home run with this one. And and then we're in the process of rolling out a commercial one as well. That's more of what I'm focused on, the commercial industrial, and starting at 250 kilowatts and going up from there. How big? Uh, uh, we're 250 kilowatts that we can combine to up to about a, mega and a, a megawatt and a half, and, um, and we can go to almost any size of storage, you know, several megawatt hours, and then we'll later be rolling out even larger ones there too, so up to two megawatts. So that's LG's uh, strategy and intention yes. in the marketplace. Yes. Is to get bigger so and bigger. So we're getting bigger and bigger, and we'll, we'll see where it goes, right? <laughs> ah, absolutely. So where can one find out more information about LG ESS? Is there a website we can there direct is. people to? Yes. Okay. So it's... Uh, lg.com slash us slash ess yes we will uh, my marketing gal is shaking her head that i got it right <laughs> <laughs> well we will absolutely get it right in the notes there to you this go there podcast. you go give so, them a link yes. yeah people will, people will have a link to find out more ruben is there any parting words on lg ess anything that you would want uh, my listeners to know, to think about, to get ready for, to get excited for, because here at the ESG Energized podcast, we want people to be energized about these topics. Uh, yeah. Parting comments for you. I would say assume nothing and, and always, always uh, question how we did it before. Uh, uh, what was it? That's my favorite. Uh, some of my favorite stories are, are about uh, people questioning the status quo because what worked 20 years ago, what worked 50 years ago may not be the best choice now. And uh, I'll, I'll leave you a, a little short story. It's one of my favorite on that regard. Um, it's a little joke about uh, a young couple just got married. They're having their first Thanksgiving. His uh, new bride is uh, cooking the turkey and he notices that she chops the sides off the turkey. And I thought, that's strange. Why did you do that? She says, well, that's how my mom always did it. So mom shows up for Thanksgiving. So he asks her, so mom, why did you cut the sides off the turkey when you baked it? And she's like, that's how my mom always did it. And she's like, okay. So grandma shows up a little bit later and it's like, grandma, tell me, when you bake the turkey, you always cut the sides off. Why is that? 
Well, she says, silly, my pain was too small. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. So always question the status quo. Always question the status quo. That's our lesson for today. Ruben, thank you so very much. Ruben Wilmarth from LGESS. Uh, Thank you. Thank you for being here today. My pleasure. Thank you. Join us again next week on the ESG Energized Podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. To learn more, go to OGGN.com.